This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. It was a win, a win at home, and a win on prime time. Cardinals checked off a lot of boxes in Thursday night's victory of the New Orleans Saints, 42-34, as we welcome you here on this Tuesday to talk all things Arizona Cardinals. And yes, after back-to-back losses, the Cardinals found themselves back in the win column. They are 3-4, and four, much like everyone else within the division, which is good news. But bottom line, this team, Kyle, needed a W, especially going into a long weekend. Much easier to enjoy the three-day weekend and then going into this week's game against the Vikings after victory. Yeah, the W was huge. Um, you know, like you just talked about, winning at home was huge. Get that monkey off their back. Uh, play well in prime time. Put on a good show. Um, uh, it was it was an exciting game, and and I could tell you, um, it, like you just mentioned, going into this mini buy, getting a win, a hard fought win. Um, no matter how it looked at times, it wasn't always pretty. It wasn't a dominant win. It wasn't uh, everything wasn't clean and buttoned up. Um, but they fought, and that's you know what you've seen from this team throughout the season. Um, and I can tell you, you know, um, we've been talking about the the previous couple of games, the post game locker room, um, how disappointed, how upset uh, some of the players were, and it is so tough to fully invest yourself into a game plan to practice hard all week to prepare as hard as you prepare and go out and fight and come up empty um so just to get the win going into this mini buy um you can you put some new things on tape both offensively and defensively um a good opportunity to self-scout um you can build off of some of the changes you made and and move forward and and hopefully pick up where you left off. Might have been the first time this season, Drew, in which we can say complimentary football, where the offense had its moments, the defense certainly had its moments, and it added up to a 40-point performance. Yeah, the defense complimented itself by putting points on the board. So, uh, you know, I think the thing that stands out to me most is, is just the effort that's being put forth right now and, and being in the right place at the right time, being opportunistic, all of those things, because uh, it's very easy to, to look at those two pick sixes and say, that but what led up to that the Antonio Hamilton interception that we talked about the play before uh, the Isaiah Simmons third down uh, you know Jalen Thompson comes screaming across the sidelines and knocks that ball out those are the type of things that don't show up in the stat column but this defense is doing extremely well and I think you know another thing that doesn't show up in the stat column is getting the attitude and energy back of a DeAndre Hopkins and everybody said well one guy can't be a savior one guy that is an elite talent can't just be a savior one guy with an elite talent and a desire to win and make everybody else better around him can be a difference maker and we saw that we saw them doing that we saw a more confident Kyler Murray throwing with the anticipation that we hadn't necessarily seen we saw a more confident play caller 
in Cliff Kingsbury is he's talked about, you know, so one guy can raise the level of expectation, and he did that. I mean, even after the Isaiah Simmons interception, you see DeAndre Hopkins down in the end zone celebrating. Like, this matters a lot to him, and sometimes when something's taken away from you, uh, you get a chance to, to get back out there. You relish it that much more. We heard that all week long about the impact Hopkins can make as far as uplifting the entire team because no one wants to do wrong by him or do bad by him. They want to make sure that they uplift their level of play to his level and I think we saw that, especially from the defensive standpoint. Yeah, I mean, there's all great players, but again, like it's just helping your teammate out. That's why the, this game is so amazing to watch when guys are working in unison. And Cam Thomas gets, uh, you know, his hands in there. That they're playing with such high effort uh, and being able to do all, all of the things they're able to do. And yes, it, it does have its effect on everybody to be able to do it. And again. When you're plus three in the turnover ratio, you're going to win 90% of the games, I think. So what's the stat? I know you got a stat. I think I think even Cliff brought it up. It's like 80, 85, something okay. like that. Something yeah. ridiculous. I mean, but but you saw a mature quarterback then in that standpoint from Kyler saying, okay, I don't need to try and go out and win this football game. I've got to be smart. I've got to protect it. Don't let them back in. Answer the bell when the, when they try to, to counterpunch you and all of these things. So, again, that's where I think the complimentary football really showed itself. Uh, you know, And, again, to be able to just get points and get – points early on in the game and, and, and answering everything. It's a back and forth, ebb and flow, all of these things, but they never got too high uh, or too low within that, and I think that that's a testament to what this team can be because, again, we all sit here and we're worried about the state of the Cardinals right now. They're trending in the right direction after last week, and this is a week-to-week business. 42-34, the final Cardinals over the Saints. Yes, the return of DeAndre Hopkins. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I think when they're having to roll coverage and do different things, it, it opens up other people in the run game and all sorts of things. But you, you saw the playmaking ability and the you know holds on third down that converts at first downs and the pass interference on third downs and in the end zone that converts at first downs. I mean, that you can't put an emphasis on, on how big that is for us. And he, he changes things, there's no doubt. Hopkins targeted 14 times, had 10 catches for 103 yards, which is the same number of catches the rest of the pass catchers had and two fewer yards than the rest of the pass catchers had combined. So, yeah, one player, at least for one week, Kyle, did make that much of a difference. Now the question is, how do you build upon that? You have number 10 back on the field. Okay, maybe we relied on him too much, but now let's make sure that we're incorporating everyone else with along with a DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, you know, on top of just his catches, the the impact, you know, the defensive holdings he forced, um, you know, it, it it allowed us to convert, you know, a third and ten when he got a defensive holding. Just all the attention. He's he's such a physical route runner um, that the the DBs try to match his physicalness, and and oftentimes they're the ones that get caught. Um, but it just felt and looked. Like there was a lot more green grass for other players. I mean, in Eno Benjamin's run, um, you know, when when have we seen that type of space? Once he got through the line of scrimmage, there was nobody. We haven't seen that. Um, you know, there was more opportunities for explosive plays for other players. And like you talked about, building upon it, him being inserted into the lineup um, allowed the Cardinals' offense to move other players around, give other players opportunities. Um, and you're going to continue to see Robbie Anderson be more a part of the game plan. Uh, so just like you just mentioned, and D-Hop mentioned it himself last week, 
Um, the impact is not just in his numbers. Um, they have to find him um, because he's being moved around and account for him every single play. And by doing that, uh, defenses leave vulnerabilities in other areas of the field, and and that's exactly how it looked on Thursday. Hopkins played 61 of the 66 offensive snaps. He certainly was happy, but maybe no one more happier than the quarterback, Kyler Murray, on having number 10 back on the field. It's great. You know, his, his energy, his uh, – I mean, obviously, he's, he's talented as ever. But just having him out there, he was, you know, didn't, didn't look like he had any rust. You know, knocked it off real quick if he had any. But just his communication, you know, his feel for the game, I mean, all of that, you can't put a price tag on it. And it was one of Kyler Murray's better games as far as completion percentage as well, having number 10 on the field and being able to look at other – players as far as whether that's a Greg Dortch who saw extra playing time because A.J. Green did not see any snaps on the field but there were a lot of one-on-ones in which DeAndre Hopkins was basically the easy throw for Kyler Murray something the quarterback discussed as well. There was a couple times where he was one-on-one I was surprised you know that that they did that not having Marshawn or um, the other DB was out but and Roby got hurt so um, for them to keep playing man it was you know just take what they give you, and you got hop one on one. I mean, that's 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 a matchup that I'll you know I'll take every time. Important for the quarterback to notice that it's amazing. Anytime I watch a game, when a new corner arrives on the field, a rookie corner, all of a sudden that quarterback, it's like a magnet. That ball is going to go that direction. Yeah, well, I mean, and the thing that's interesting, right, is you do notice that, and you know, going into the game that Marshawn's not going to be out there, which is a huge difference maker. I mean, he's one of the best young elite corners in this league you lose uh, Bradley Roby early on to the ankle injury and then all of a sudden there's blood in the water and you can be able to do that and they try to disguise different things they try to change things up and do all of that but it's really hard to change the structure of the defense and the game plan on a Thursday night and you really have to just say, okay, well, we're going to try and roll with it the best we can. Maybe Tyron's leaning more that way. He's doing some different stuff to help him out. Again, when you are that talented as DeAndre Hopkins is, you're going to see that many targets because the structure and the framework just leads you to that within the progression, especially with the concepts they had in the game plan. Uh, you have the ability to pick and choose and kind of make it a premium. You know, We used to call it like a yes-no type of a read of, okay, I got one-on-one over here. Yes, I'm going to take it, or no, I, you know, it's not one on one I'm just going to work the progression so you know that's the beauty of having somebody like that and they did a tremendous job of moving DeAndre around I I think that you know that that was a more sophisticated game plan for him Uh, he lined up in four different spots in the next gen stats which you haven't talked about yet Craig uh, for the first time and he didn't do that all last year so you know when he's moving around and doing all these things it keeps defenses at bay uh, and allows other people to open up now this is not going to be the norm that everybody else has one to two catches and he has ten I mean people know that they didn't have the personnel to try and match up with that to be able to negate that uh, the teams coming forward will be able to to have a different onset of, of how they're going to try and stop him because that's has to be every defensive coordinator's first thing that they look at to say okay we have to stop number 10 27 is the number as far as 27 snaps in the slot for DeAndre Hopkins on Thursday, which is 17 more than he had ever lined up in any particular game wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform. So that's, again, next-gen stats, which I know you guys love, whether it's pro football reference, pro football focus, or next-gen stats. We're big here with that here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Let's hear from the man himself, DeAndre Hopkins, on how he felt in his return this season. Spent a lot of time in all season preparing for this moment. Obviously, I knew what I was 
up against being out six games. I got to give thanks to everybody who had a hand in me coming out and being there to perform. It takes a team, trainers, uh, rehab people, uh, nutritionists. So um, I think today obviously was a success. The main goal is to win. Are you surprised, Kyle, by how much Hopkins not only played, but where he lined up considering he didn't really have a practice? There was one walkthrough on the field, but not a real practice after being gone for so long. I really was. Um, you know, it's something we've talked about. It's something fans have talk, talked about um, is moving him around because he is such a weapon. Um, when D coordinators know where he's going to be, when they know his top two or three routes, um, when they know how Kyler goes through his progressions when he's there, um, it becomes so much easier to prepare for the Arizona Cardinals offense. Now, when he's moving around and you're forced to identify where he is, um, playing basically four different positions, um, he's got the full route tree. He can go anywhere, and you've always, um, you know, you've always got to account for that. And uh, again. Um, you know, this is something we've been envisioning with him and this offense and how special it can be. And again, you talked about it earlier, just building upon this, um, seeing how, um, you know, with the mini buy, you get this opportunity to see how teams play you, played him, um, and you can do different things with other receivers um, in combination with his routes in those different positions. So um, I thought it was a, a great great game plan and um but but to answer your question um I was surprised to see him move that much just because he hadn't done it in the past whether it was where he's comfortable whether it was where where Kyler is comfortable with him being or just how Cliff wants the offense to run um but it's it's going to be make it really tough for defenses for sure and specifically this week with the Vikings who this season have struggled covering wide receivers in the slot and if we see Hopkins more in the slot this week yeah, you're looking at the analytics. You're looking at what is successful not only for you, but what has worked against your opponent as the Cardinals visit the Minnesota Vikings later on this weekend. Later on here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, we will discuss the Minnesota Vikings. But much more to discuss on Thursday night football on the Cardinals 42-34 win over the Saints and what the defense was able to do, especially in that second quarter, to allow the offense to be a little bit more comfortable and Kyler Murray to be a little bit more comfortable. Episode 47 of the Day Pass podcast featuring SportsCenter's Scott Van Pelt will premiere this week. Make sure you catch up on past episodes. Just follow the Day Pass podcast via your preferred podcast provider. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Dalton on first down. Fires over the middle. The ball is tipped into the air and it's picked off at the 30-yard line. Running left to the 20. Marco Wilson to the 10. He high steps and then he does a flip into the end zone for the touchdown. Marco Wilson with a pick six and the Cardinals take the lead. 20-14. to 14. Dalton straight drop back. Throws over the middle and a one-handed interception by Isaiah Simmons in midfield. Runs it back to the left of the 40. At the 30. At the 25. At the 20. And Simmons in back to back interception returns for touchdowns by the Cardinals at the end of the half. Oh my goodness, what a play! Isaiah Simmons just standing there in his own room on the middle of the field, put his hand out, his right hand, and picked it off. And then he hit the G 
Jets. There's that sub 4-4 of Isaiah Simmons. Touchdown, baby. This after the Cardinals had tied the game up at 14 on Keontae Ingram's first rushing touchdown of his career and in a span of 64 seconds. Marco Wilson, Isaiah Simmons, back-to-back pick sixes, and the Cardinals had a 28-14 lead at halftime. They go on to win 42-34, beating the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night footballs. We welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats, as we discuss the pick party in that 25-point second quarter. Really, the turning points for me anyway, in the first half, and maybe the entire game, Kyle, because all of a sudden you're getting some takeaways and not just getting takeaways but converting those takeaways into points. It was the defense that did it, not the offense, but still the athleticism of a Marco Wilson and Isaiah Simmons to not only make the catch but then find their way into the end zone. Yeah, those are huge plays for a defense. I mean, it's it's not just the turnover. You get an opportunity to put points on the board. Um, and, and, and when it happened, like you said, it was a tight game. Cardinals had clawed their way back. And um, that seemed to really put the Saints away. I mean, I realize the Saints still had opportunities after the two pick sixes, but um, it, it looked like the game was in hand at that point. Um, you know, I, I think the thing that I like the most – um, speaking specifically about the three players that got the interceptions, Antonio Hamilton, Marco Wilson, and Isaiah Simmons, all three of them at points in this season have dealt with different types of adversity. Um, and with all three of them making those types of plays, all three of them, their play has really um, you know, stepped up. Um, they've been big factors in how this defense has played as of late. And to make uh, those game-changing type of plays – after dealing with um, you know some emotional um, stresses earlier this season, um, I, it's just a great story, and hopefully each of them has that uh, extra bit of confidence going forward, and we'll continue to see those types of plays. Well, let's talk about Isaiah Simmons right off the bat, Drew, because week one he has the green dot. He's the quarterback of that defense, and it was a game that did not go well for him or really anyone against the Kansas City Chiefs and his play dropped as far as the number of snaps he received and then all of a sudden we're seeing him one the coaches say you're practicing better so when you practice better we can trust you to perform on the field on Sundays and now we have seen it and then he's making the plays when he needed to yeah well you know I think a lot of it's just putting the appropriate amount on his plate and maybe they gave him too much early on and said okay let's reel it back in and I think they did a great job and sometimes as coaches you've got to be honest with yourself how can we get the best out of this dynamic athlete, this dynamic talent? Uh, but if you're not in the right place where you need to be, it's going to hurt and it's going to expose the defense. Uh, the interception, he did a tremendous job, right? A great call by Vance Joseph of bringing a five-man pressure. It turns essentially turns into a zone dog or something like that. He's got the whole middle of the field, and he's just dropping to his zone with the eyes on the quarterback. And he's anticipating that Chris Olave is going to come on on the backside with the in route, and he doesn't. And because he is in the right position, he's analyzing what's going on. He knows what's going on based off the formation. He does a tremendous job of dropping to the zone that he needs to, gets the interception. And again, when you have these type of athletes, when you get the ball in Isaiah Simmons' hands, when you see Marco Wilson catching the ball going the opposite way and nobody's around him, they're as good as offensive players are in this league because they're so athletic. So, you know, that's a win for this defense to be able to do 
do that to be able to be in the right place. And Isaiah Simmons moving forward for this defense to be as good as it is, it's only because guys like him and the other guys that Kyle alluded to are stepping up and answering the bell in a lot of different ways. Simmons with the one-handed pick, and then once he got the ball, there was no one going to stop him. He was going to score, and it became a 56-yard return for a touchdown. Afterwards, post-game, Isaiah Simmons with Paul Calvisi. I just remembering what my coach told me and, um, you know, just playing within the scheme of the play. And he told me, if you do this, I'm telling you, the plays are going to come to you. And, you know, the play came to me. And once I once I secured the catch, I looked up. I, I, I didn't think anybody on the field was going to be able to catch me. And that's what we've heard a lot from the coaching staff, Kyle, is Simmons wants to make the highlight big-time play as opposed to just letting the game come to him. And I think it was important to hear it from Simmons himself. Just do what I'm supposed to do. This is my assignment. And he saw the ball, and it basically came right to him, whether Andy Dalton saw him or not. Obviously, he didn't. But that is what you want from Isaiah Simmons, to just do what you're supposed to do and don't try to seek out that highlight sports center play yeah I I think the expectations on him coming into the season were so high and the expectations he had for himself were so high that you know especially entering that first game you begin to press you think that people are expecting you to be this game changer difference maker um, but like Drew said you've got to be able to do it within the scheme you can't um, you know jump routes they're not supposed to jump you can't uh, jump around blocks and into gaps you're not supposed to be in trying to make plays everybody has a role in the defense and we've talked about this about how effective Vance Joseph defense has been um, you know since that first game and it, it is just 11 guys being accountable being accountable to the scheme being accountable to each other and you've got to get buy-in from everybody you even regardless of your talent regardless of um, your ability to make game-changing type plays, which Isaiah Simmons has shown throughout his time here, um, you've still got to do your job. And then, um, you know, I loved hearing the way he described it. Is, is his coach told him, if you do this, the plays will come to you and you will get your opportunities. And he seems more relaxed. He doesn't seem like he's pressing anymore. And he is... You know, you know, and he will continue to be able to make these type of plays if he just continues to execute the way they ask him to. Great athleticism by Simmons and Marco Wilson, but for me, the most important of the takeaways was Antonio Hamilton's interception in the end zone. Because if you look at that point, you're down seven to three. You put that ball in the end zone; it's fourteen to three. You're trailing by eleven, and I think, at least for me, and maybe a lot of the fans in the stands, Kyle, it's like, all right. Here we go again. You're yep. trailing by two scores early in a ball game. It's time to play catch up. Can you do it against the Saints? Yeah, you're right. Uh, that was huge uh, to get that takeaway and, and to take points off the board because um, I had that exact same feeling um, at home, off to a slow start, getting down early. Um, you know, we've heard over and over. Coach Kingsbury said we just can't get in these deficits early because we we can't run our full offense and and you're always chasing and and that play right there. Um, it, it, you know, kept it a game, kept them in it, allowed them to do uh, to execute their full game plan, both offensively and defensively. Um, and it, yeah, it was a huge momentum swing because um, the Saints offensively were having a lot of success, both on the ground game and in the passing game up to that point. Um, it looked like um, you know the worst the defense had been playing. 
um, for several weeks. And to make a huge play like that, get the ball back for your offense and and not allow them to get points um, ended up being not just because of the circumstances of the game, a huge play, but a huge um, emotional lift for the entire team. First interception of Hamilton's career, head coach Cliff Kingsbury on that end zone pick. Yeah, that was huge to keep them out there. I mean, they're going to be up 14-3, to I believe. And, you know, Ham's first career picks, been on seven teams. He's earned every bit of this. And and to see him have that success and to continue to uh, thrive has been really cool for all of us. The other note defensively, Drew, in this 42-34 ball game is seeing uh, Zayvon Collins' name atop the list of tacklers for the Arizona Cardinals. Second straight week, he's led the team in tackles. He's playing 100% of the snaps now four straight weeks. And I just think that he has figured things out, or at least the coaching staff is saying, you know what, we're going to put you out there because, one, you're a first-round pick. We need to figure out, can you do it? I haven't seen a lot of mistakes from him, and he's seemed to be in the right place at the right time, and you want that second level of your defense to be among the leader and tacklers, not so much the back end of your defense. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think, right, you pair these two guys together, these two first-round picks, and they have now established a trust with the coaching staff, right? These guys, The coaches trust them to go out there and do what they were drafted to do and what they're capable of doing. Uh, each kind of took their own road of getting there, but the, they are established now as, okay, this is a guy that we know is going to give us this. And it's not this up and down and roller coaster. There is a level of expectation when both of these linebackers step foot on the field that they're going to produce tackles or Isaiah Simmons is going to produce big plays or be in the right position from now on. So all of these things right, are starting to solidify themselves on this defense at this point in the season, which is much needed. Uh, the, the talent that they're going to see, uh, the, the skill level they're going to see is going to only continue to increase, especially this week of what they need to do within the communication, within the confines of what's going on. Uh, so it's going to be exciting because, again, I think this defense is playing at an extremely high level and we saw a lot of firsts this weekend or this past Thursday uh, for a lot of these guys. So to get a taste of that, to, to be able to see what that success is like, uh, hopefully that can manifest itself into continued success of this one and no mentality that they preached about all of last year of harping on, okay, we did this right and there are some really good things that they did as a team, as an offense, as a defense, but you also need to correct those mistakes so those little things don't become bigger things. There was a big spotlight on Zavin in the offseason in training camp, Kyle, about how sure you were as far as tackling, leading with your shoulder, getting off blocks. I haven't seen a lot of that this so far this season. No, you can see, again, he's played himself into becoming a contributor and a really good player, and um, it shows by his his stats these last few weeks. Um, But it it really shows on the field as well. His eyes are in the right place. His hand placement is great on playing blocks. Um, He's he's really maturing and becoming the impact-type player that they've needed him to be. That improvement from year one to year two? Yeah, Exhibit A, Zabin Collins. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Seeking Your Ticket to Great Seats. More looking back at what the Cardinals were able to do against the Saints on Thursday Night Football. That's next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
snap to Murray. Going to give to Ingram, running straight ahead. Ingram diving for the goal line, and he's into the end zone for his first NFL touchdown. That's what I'm talking about right there, baby. Snap to Murray, quick throw left side. It's caught at the one and into the end zone for the touchdown is Greg Dort. Great throw by Kyler into the body of Greg Dort on that slant route. They run it again. Benjamin off the right side hit, but dies for the end zone, sticks the ball out. They're going to mark him down at the one. Oh, he just absolutely busted the tackle of Cameron Jordan. They just changed the call to a touchdown. Officials were having a conference. What an effort by Eno Benjamin. <laughs> the desperation coming from this kid. This is a fantastic performance by Eno. Best performance of his career, talking about Eno Benjamin and what he was able to do along with the rest of the Arizona Cardinals offensive players in a 42-34 win Thursday night against the New Orleans Saints as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch. And yeah, no James Conner, no Daryl Williams, no A.J. Green. He was active but did not see the field. So you saw Keontae Ingram score. You saw Greg Dortch be more involved and find the end zone. You know, Benjamin with a five-yard touchdown to put the finishing capper for the Cardinals' 40-point effort. First time since the 2016 season that the Arizona Cardinals hit that 40-point mark. But you're seeing younger players. You're seeing a little bit different of an offense, at least as far as how it looked, Drew, and how much of that was DeAndre Hopkins, how much of that was because you had some running backs hurt, and you chose to not utilize A.J. Green this week for... Maybe it was this particular week, or maybe it's for the duration of the rest of the season. That I think we're, I'm interested to see specifically how that works because we know Kyle's a big Greg Dorch fan over here, but we haven't seen a lot of Greg Dorch until Thursday. Yeah, well, I think you know you're trying to to put it all together. What it's going to be like when you're at full strength? They're not even going to be at full strength until Hollywood Brown is back. But as you add different pieces back into this, and obviously everybody knew DeAndre was going to be back, but as soon as Hollywood Brown gets hurt, you go add Robbie Anderson. So does Robbie Anderson fill that role? I think that you're seeing defensive coordinators doing a really good job of negating guys when they're on the outside. So when you put guys on the inside like DeAndre Hopkins, like Cooper Cup, like Justin. Jeff- we're going to see this week, it becomes hard to dictate what's going to go on because a lot of people structure the shell of the defense and it's hard to really hone in on one specific guy if he's on the inside because then it does create these one-on-one matchups outside. So in saying that, you want to have as many weapons as you can. Greg Dortch has been a tremendous weapon all season. The touchdown he had scared me to death because that was an awful play by Marcus May. If we're, uh, the safety should have it was an in and out call. That's why there was outside leverage on the slot corner. That safety should have absolutely taken his head off. He didn't. Greg Dortch is the willing to go in the middle and make that catch which is tremendous because that's the style of play that he has. A guy like A.J. Green that hasn't had a firm foundation to stand on for the year and change that he's been here you know, you can see a little bit of a lack of trust from Kyler's standpoint of what's going on. Do they cut their losses at this point? It's sad and it's hard to say because you've seen AJ be an unbelievable wide receiver in this league for so long. A guy that you want to be able to rely on for those one-on-one matchups when they come on the outside. But there's so many playmakers. We talked about this running back room in the preseason and these guys that are getting that next man up mentality of the Eno Benjamins that have been here. Even Keontae Ingram. They run hard. They are difference makers and 
and when their opportunity come, they're making the most of it. So it, it affords these guys like James Conner to, to get fully healthy, to be able to feel good about those type of things. Uh, and as you move forward of saying the nucleus of this team is now expanding and becoming great and setting it up for years to come, which is exactly what the front office guys like love to see. Dorch played 35 snaps. He had played a total of six snaps on offense the previous two games. So I don't know if it was your comments, Kyle, and the analytical research that you had done to show that Greg Dorch needed to play more. But obviously someone's listening to you. Nobody listens to me, um, in, including my family, by the way. No, but he, um, it, he just always seems to make plays. Um, and it, it was just a mystery to me why he wasn't being used more. Um, when he gets his hands on the ball, he's quick, explosive. He's got that dog in him, too. I mean, he will put his shoulder down and fight for extra yards. Um, you know, uh, you're the, again, next-gen stat guy, but, um, you know, he's, I think he's leading the league in separation yardage um, on his route. So, um, you know, why not get him the ball? He's done some special things. He was a special player in the preseason. And his limited amount of reps in the regular season up to this point, um, he makes plays when when the ball is thrown to him. Um, so I, I hope he continues to be a big part of the game plan, even when you know Robbie Anderson is is integrated more, even when Hollywood Brown comes back. Because, like Drew said, um, if this offense gets everybody healthy and gets clicking on all cylinders, um, there is so many threats, so many good weapons on this team that um, Kyler Murray can really spread the ball around and, and guys can make plays. Even saw Dorch involved in the running game, but that was mainly Eno Benjamin's space to work. And 12 carries, 92 rushing yards, 4 catches, 21 yards for Eno Benjamin. Again, his best game as a pro. Here's Kyler Murray on his running back Thursday night. I mean, he's always been a great football player. I've been familiar with Eno since high school growing up in Texas. Um, he's... He's been a great football player ever since I can remember, um, so I'm not I'm not surprised by anything that he's uh, accomplished or, or will accomplish uh, in the future. You know, he runs hard, always falls forward, can catch the rock. Uh, he's a good football player. Eno established career highs for scrimmage yards, rushing yards, scored his third career touchdown, also broke the longest run of his career, 45 yards. That's the longest play from scrimmage for this Arizona Cardinals offense. And that is something that Kingsbury brought up on Monday as far as the lack of explosive plays. Here is the head coach. We got it going early, which was good. Uh, still got to be better in the red zone. I thought offensively we got to be able to make the routine plays more often and, and be sharper, but it was good to see us answer some of those drives early. Three of four inside the red zone, but I'll go back to what Kingsbury talked about on Monday, Drew, and that is trying to figure out how to get this passing game going and not rely so much on the chunk plays on the ground. There has not been. In fact, the Cardinals are the only team without a passing play of 40 or more yards this season. Now, is that quarterback? Is that the play call? Or is that the wide receivers not getting open deep downfield? Well, I think it all plays a hand in it, right? But when you get that run game going, that's when you're going to see more of it. So, you know, I think the other thing that's alarming is the third downs, right? We got bailed out a couple of DeAndre Hopkins holding calls, luckily having him on the field, but still being 3 of 10, it's that situational football that, yes, it feels good to get a win. It feels to do all these things, but taking a realistic look at what this offense can do, I think, you know, you're still it's still a work in progress. That's why you're not seeing guys that are solidified in certain spots. DeAndre Hopkins 
weapons will be in the slot. Who's on the outside, how they mix and match him. You know, it's a quiet game from Zach Ertz, but he's been having a good. Is his role going to diminish now with Robbie Anderson and uh, with DeAndre Hopkins there? All of these things. But if you can control the short and the intermediate passing game, that's what will open up when these guys start to get nosy and they try to do all these different things and stick their nose where they shouldn't. That's where you're going to be able to see it. There's been opportunities. They just haven't connected on them yet this year, but you need to keep swinging. You need to keep swinging for the fences and hoping that eventually once you kind of get it, it's like turnovers. They seem to come in bunches. You seem to start getting this and there's just this growing confidence of what's going on offensively when you hit a home run, per se, that you feel good about going back to it or you start drawing them up or they present themselves differently. And there's plenty of guys capable of doing it. It's just a matter of when the opportunity presents itself answering. Third down, something that this team really needs to get better at. 3 of 10 on Thursday, 4 of 16 the week prior. They are 28th converting on third down when you look at the rest of the league. And yes, for the head coach and his offensive staff, an area to look forward to or to work on, especially this week with the Minnesota Vikings on the schedule. We will touch on the Vikings, who are 5-1. and one. That is next for the Arizona Cardinals here on Sunday. It is an early kick, 10 a.m., 5.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals will be home in two weeks. And for single-game tickets, they are available right now. Just go to azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. We do it every Tuesday, 11 a.m. year-round. The Arizona Cardinals Red Sea Report is presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. McCown with the ball. This will be the last play. McCown steps up, rolling far side. McCown throwing far side into the end zone, and the ball is caught. Touchdown, Cardinals! They pull, and the Cardinals win the game on the final play. And the Vikings are going home for the new year. The season's on the line. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Touch! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Still one of my favorite opposing calls of all time. Paul Allen, Vikings Radio Network. You flashback Cardinals and Vikings 2003, then Sun Devil Stadium. Dave Pash first, and then Paul Allen second. And yes, the Cardinals knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. There's an upcoming Folktales episode on just that game and that season. Go to azcardinals.com for more information. Speaking of Folktales, the Stanton Shuffle is out as we speak on all your favorite platforms. Go to azcardinals.com. Go, you give me a weird look for it. I mean, I'm no, you're good. Yeah, everyone. yeah. Go watch it. Yes, we want to increase. The How many t- views do we have? Exactly. We, we need to probably make, very many. We need to get that number up. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cardinals and Vikings, 10 a.m. Kickoff, 5.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. And, Kyle, you look at the Vikings, 5-1, and one, one of four teams with one or fewer losses. They have a four-game winning streak, but the all-by-one score, and I believe it's five-and-a-half points is the average margin of victory. They're finding ways to get the job done, and they're one of the surprise teams. Not talked a lot about, but they are one of the surprise teams as far as when you look at the top of the standings. 
Yeah, it, you're exactly right. I mean, nothing about them particularly overwhelms you. Nothing uh, when you break down their stats. Um, you know, they're middle of the pack in a lot of categories, both offensively and defensively. Um, but, you know, that seems to be the way most of the NFC is. Um, you know, there's there's not those dominant teams um, right now. Everybody's kind of middle of the pack teams, and even though they are five and one, which is truly the only stat that matters is your record. Um, you know, they're they're not a, a super intimidating team. Um, you know, they do have weapons. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, um, Dalvin Cook um, can be a game breaking type running back, and and Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, for the most part. Um, is an efficient quarterback that gets the job done. So, um, you know, but there is something to be said for a team that continually finds ways to win, uh, particularly those close games. They are five wins against teams with a combined record of 12 and 21. The Dolphins, the only team currently that has a winning record when you look at the teams that they've beaten. How much is what the Vikings doing, Drew, with? their first-year head coach, and Kevin O'Connell, the former Rams offensive coordinator. Well, I think it's, it's a lot because you're just winning close football games. You're finding ways to win, and that starts to breed confidence. And when you start to do that, you know, much like we saw with the Arizona Cardinals against the Raiders, right, there becomes this belief you're never out of a game, or you can now go win these close football games. And so, again, they've got a lot of veterans on that team. That team is very veteran-heavy, and they have elite talent at the positions where you need it. And Justin Jefferson playing on the end side talked about how he was going to take over this Cooper Cup role but do it better and some may argue that he is right now so you look at what he's able to accomplish it's going to be an all-day feat the Cardinals have done a very good job of kind of taking away option number one it's option number two or three or four that seem to be hurting this Cardinals defense at times of guys like okay well you shut down Alvin Kamara but then Chris Olave goes off you can't really do that with both of these guys because Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson are so dynamic, and Adam Thielen can beat you. I mean, he's got a good rapport with Kirk, and Kirk's just kind of fine just being this dorky, geeky guy, Michigan State guy, you know, that uh, just Aren't goes about the Michigan State guys? No, we are not. Oh, okay. We are not alike in that regard. Uh, you know, but in saying that, he he has just quietly gone about his business. And again, this is a, has been a very good football team over the past. You look at the defense and the emphasis that's played on it, placed on it when Zimmer was there, what they were able to do, some familiar faces. I mean, that always plays into it when you're looking at a guy like Patrick Peterson that wants to be able to play for the fan base that he left. You look at Jordan Hicks who left, you know, in good standing, but at the same time, they drafted his replacement right off the bat. So that all plays into this, especially when you've got to go to kind of a an interesting situation where it's not fully East Coast. You're going up to Minnesota. That place can get extremely loud. You know, they, they start sounding the horn. All of these things. We went up there uh, when I was here and, and got you know beat up pretty bad and, and licked our wounds coming out of that stadium. So it's going to be a tough task to go in there and try and come away with a win. But this team is trending in the right direction. Like I said, it's a week-to-week business. And after last week, there's a lot more confidence in that locker room. They can go on the road and beat a good 5-1 and football team. Got to be able to score points. And that's something that Kingsbury brought up on Monday. Using that bye week not only to get rest and healthy, but to do some self-scouting, specifically looking at the offensive side. From an offensive perspective, just the the big plays are, are way down. Um, I think that's an area we got to try and manufacture more of them. Getting hot backs going to help. I mean, you saw what he was able to do, um, but we we got to be able to make some some bigger plays down the field. 
Again, the only team, the Arizona Cardinals, the only team without a passing play of 40 or more yards. But the Vikings, as I mentioned, 5-1. and one. They're on a four-game winning streak. Here's more from the head coach on what he sees out of the Vikings. Tremendous offensive skill. Kevin's a great offensive mind. I was with Sean, played quarterback. I mean, uh, I've been a big fan of what he's done. And, and then uh, defensively, <clears throat> you know, great front. Um, they mix up their coverages. We're familiar with a lot of the players on that, that side of the ball. And they're playing at a high level. I think complimentary football um, is kind of their, their deal right now. Jordan Hicks leads the team in tackles. Patrick Peterson, 18 best, seven passes defense and one interception. The Vikings at home, always a difficult place to play. Cardinals have not won in Minnesota since 1977. That's 10 straight losses, including the postseason. Do either one of you have any experience winning in Minnesota, Kyle? We uh, I think we were both in Detroit the yeah. first time we won in the Metrodome. It had been a long time, uh, but it was the old Metrodome, and it was... Yeah, the roof was caving in and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no secret to success. No, no, they're notorious for pumping crowd noise into that place too, right. though. I mean, that place gets loud, like deafening loud. I, I heard the uh, Viking on the motorcycle got fired too. He's no longer a part of their. That guy was something, man. He's talking trash to the players. <laughs> so silent count. My guess is isn't going to be needed for this game, regardless of what they do defensively. But because of the noise, you're going to have to use the silent count. Oh yeah, you have. I mean, you have to, right? And that could be interesting to see. Uh, you know, assuming that Billy Price is going to be back out there doing stuff and the mechanics of that, the operation hasn't always been smooth at times, even at home. So being able to nip those things in the butt, going on the road and trying to have that us against the world mentality that they've had has bode well for them. Hopefully, they can do it against a good football team this week. Billy Price earned some praise from the head coach earlier this week. Cody Ford, do we see him more at left guard? What's the status of Max Garcia? So yeah, that offensive line could look different. And then who's kicking for the Cardinals this week? What's the running back situation look like for the Cardinals this week? It's early in the week, but those are some things to keep an eye on prior to when the Cardinals visit the Vikings on Sunday. Again, 10 a.m. is the kickoff. 5.30 pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. And then we'll discuss next week here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to Jim Omohundra, Lauren Koval, for Drew Stanton, Kyle Vandenbosch. I'm Craig Riolu. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.